Hello everyone, how's it going? It's Don over here with the Travelers Art Podcast. Hey, thanks for joining me. All right, so a few things we should get out of the way. Let's talk about best kept secrets, shall we? You know, when you search for secret places to go in Paris and like nine web pages come up, I got news for everyone. That ain't a fucking secret. That's bullshit is what that is. You know, I've been a surfer for a long time and there are some secret spots that I know in Baja, Mexico, and they're called a secret spot because they kept it a fucking secret. I'm coming off a little pissed right now and I kind of am because there's a lot of assholes out there traveling who are so ego-driven and so narcissistic and self-centered. They would never consider the impact of their behavior when they go to a place or the downstream effect of their behavior to other people. It's just all about them. It's the me show. And you know what? That's really boring. And no one, no one ever shows up to the me show. Yeah. Secret spots. Best kept secrets. Okay, here's the deal. You find a good spot, keep your mouth shut. Don't tell anyone. And when you meet a really special person, they kind of get the idea that it's a secret spot for that reason. Then you can share it. And it's not a secret spot anymore, except with you and that other person. This isn't about power. This isn't about being more important than anybody else. To the contrary, you're humble. At least you should be. Because what we're trying to do is preserve a place's magic before it gets overrun like locusts descending on a wheat field. There are no secret spots on the internet, I can tell you that. But you can find secret spots from locals. You can find a secret spot or best kept secret from another traveler who you develop a relationship with, who you talk, who maybe you buy them a drink, you buy their food, you share, you give them your seat so they can sit down. You know, basic civility. Now, I don't want to come off as pejorative and negative and indicting, but I really hope you guys can get what I'm, I'm going for here. It's really kind of like being a thoughtful and considerate human being. I think about the number of places I have been that were magic when I went there. And when I went back, it was a shit show. It was embarrassing and it was disgusting. And there are groups of people that tend to congregate and behave that way. But I'm not going to go into that on the podcast. All right. Enough of that rant. Okay, so here's the final thing on that rant. Think about what you're going to do before you do it. It's like when you're going to do archery, it's ready, aim, fire, not ready, fire. Before you do anything, what's your aim? What's your goal? Because if it's an Instagram photograph, stop. Put your phone in your pocket. You know the thing with all that Instagram stuff? It just gets homogenized and into the grinder like everybody else. It just becomes minced, diluted, and diminished. Better off taking a photograph and keeping it for yourself. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this upcoming episode here. One of the real problems we have with a society that is a go, go, go society and where achievement is an adjective, a verb, and a noun and all of the trappings that go with status and social currency and and consumptionism and 
talking about what you're going to get and what you got and what you dream of getting. It's really important that we try and find antidotes to that. You know, the Buddhist tradition has been talking about this for over 2,000 years. You know, that's the idea of sit and meditate. Well, I think one of the things about travel, it actually gives us that opportunity. It gives us the opportunity to slow down. And I think in this day and age, we need that quite a bit. I, for one, uh, have been really involved in a practice of turning my phone off or only having it on on certain hours and uh, sitting in a chair, looking out and not uh, looking at that phone. And it's really interesting what happens to your brain. I love it. It's great. I'm becoming more and more addicted to a phone-free life because I think about all the things that have happened in my life that have improved my life, and that's not really one of them, honestly. But today's conversation is about kind of doing that, about slowing down. So, all right, let's get to it. Today's story is called Sitting Still. I looked down and the calendar was well-written and it was very detailed. I'd be traveling to three countries in Central America on assignment for a very interesting uh, non-government agency, a nonprofit, so to speak. They'd hired me to document all the efforts that had happened over the last few years. It was an ambitious assignment for sure, and I probably would say it was the hardest up to this point in my career. We'd had a number of phone calls and conversations about the schedule, but I was feeling that it was it was a tight plan, but doable. I was in a truck bouncing around in the jungles of El Salvador. We've been doing this ride for two hours, and I was feeling burned out. We pulled in to this small little village. I walked into the central office where there was a phone. I made a call to my client and said that this project calendar and travel schedule was far too demanding. I told the client that things were just way too tightly packed inside this given timeline. The places were starting to look the same. The people were starting to look the same. I was starting to photograph everything the same. In short, the project's creative element and the individual stories of people and the villages was just becoming homogenized. The client pushed back, and in some ways they had the right to do so. It was my idea to put the calendar together that way. I hung up. I was going to have to keep to the schedule. I sat down and just stared off into the jungle, trying to figure out what to do. Two days later, after a manic day and two keen contacts not showing up, I pulled the plug. I called the client, told them the truth, and let them know I was putting the project on hold. That did not go over well. I said, don't worry, I'll call you back tomorrow, and I'll have a plan. Pulling up a chair, I sat with my fixer, brought out the calendar, and we discussed it in detail. I wanted to know if we only had one week left, what were the most important places to go to? Not the most places we could visit, 
just a list of the most important. A lot of dialogue ensued at this point. I reiterated to Mike Fixer, wait, wait, wait. What's most important? He acquiesced and then told me. I then said, why are those the most important? What is the value of that location to our clients' efforts and the people they serve? He shared and explained each one in great detail. I then said, what if we had three weeks? We continued the same process as with one week. I hit the end call button on the phone, and that was a difficult call to say the least. That being said though, my fixer and I looked at each other with satisfaction, but also just a slight bit of uneasiness, as to be honest, the client was verbally upset and actually questioned our point of view and our capabilities. We would be spending the next three weeks in our key village list, prioritizing locations we would spend more time developing deeper relationships and learning more about the villages and the people. We'd understand more about their lives, their successes and failures. We would be able to tell their story with the authenticity and value that would give the NGO what they needed. As I looked at the new schedule and I was swinging in my hammock, I knew we were doing the right thing. We had decided to focus our creative energy on the precious few instead of confusing them with the minor many. Swinging back and forth in the hammock, I just couldn't shake my concern and worry after the phone call. I got out and I walked over to the camera gear and prepared for the next day of shooting. I was walking down the road following two farmers that were going to show me their crops. It's a cloudy day. There was mist in the air. This was the third day I'd spent with these two honorable and extremely gentle and kind men. We reached the crops and they showed me with pride how their crop was flourishing with the help of the NGO. I listened. I asked a question or two. I listened again. Other farmers came and, and talked to them. I separated myself from them. I sat down. I watched and started to photograph the interactions. My fixer translated their discussion very softly to my ear. The conversation over, they shook hands and departed. I continued to sit motionless, save for my camera manipulation. Then things began to open up. The men walked over to a small building nearby. Me and my fixer in tow followed them. They sat down on some stools. I sat still, waiting, watching. It seemed like a long time. And then the angst and concern came forth. Small hand gestures, a hat removal, stroking of the face, and glances into the open spaces. They said little with their mouths, but volumes with their faces and bodies. To me, this was very clear communication. I kept the camera to my eye, gently capturing the unfolding story as I sat still. The room went black as the last image faded. The applause were boisterous. The speaker noted 
that the effects of the last five years had yielded change that could be quantified in the images that all of them had just seen. She then went on to say, We ask now that you continue your support of our team and their lifelong mission. Not a single person hesitated to donate. The choice I made to visit less locations enabled me to understand the people and places I was seeing and visiting and spending time with. That choice, although difficult, I believe saved that project from failure, which while I would have been fine, the NGO's efforts and the people they were serving would have been severely impacted. This story was a hard one because it's not as dramatic and dynamic as some of the others, but it's important. We have to be careful about our enthusiasm and that it doesn't overtake our ability and resources. During the early meetings on the phone with the marketing director and communications director, I was actually the one that was pushing hard for going to more places and more locations, partly out of my own self-interest of seeing more and more and visiting more communities. I had confused activity with accomplishment. This experience would later have a huge impact on how every future trip would be planned and orchestrated. Now, not that I was a dashing tourist in my past, but I had suffered, like many, by trying to see too much in too little. That's why today I really advise people all the time to slow down. See less places, but more of the place you see. As an example, you can see the amazing sandstone architecture of Petra in basically two days. But if you spend more time, you'll notice so many things at first blush that are invisible to your eye. For instance, there's actually carved steps next to the primary architecture carvings that the carvers use to climb up. You'll also see and, and be able to walk around started but unfinished projects. You'll see the small aqueducts. The list goes on. I spent enough time in Petra I started to discover the different types of sandstone that were in the area. I would sit in one spot and just watch the light move along the carved architecture. So when I slow down and I sit down, I'm going to see more and I can think about it more. I'm reminded what the philosopher Simone Veal said, we do not obtain the most precious gifts by going in search of them by waiting for them. That'll wrap it up for this episode, everyone. Thanks so much for listening and sharing this time together. I really appreciate everybody's attention. And I really hope that we're growing in our understanding of the philosophical aspect of travel and why it really is so important. I've also included Simone's bio in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about her and her books, which are absolutely mind-blowing, feel free. You know, if you enjoy this podcast, do me a favor. If you know one person that's a traveler or dreams of travel or a benefit, please share this podcast with them. It's easy to do and it costs nothing. 
If you want to connect with me, I'd love to get a voice message from you or an email. You can do that by going to the travelersart.com website, or you can direct message me on Instagram. I'm going to end this episode with music that reminds me of my time in El Salvador. Till next time, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.